Welcome to season five of the For Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Luke Simmons, one of the elders here at Redemption Church Gateway. And this season, we are interviewing members of our elder team and their wives. Normally, Jeffrey Wilcoxon is the interviewer, but today we're flipping the mic, and I'm here with Jeffrey and Darcy Wilcoxon. Uh, Jeffrey's one of the elders, and elders are mentioned throughout the Old Testament, but they were established as an official office within the church by the Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1. And the Bible also uses the words pastor, shepherd, elder, and overseer interchangeably for the same role. And since each season of life and cultural shift brings new opportunities and challenges for the leadership of any church, and here at Redemption Church as well, we uh, thought that this would be a good time for us to get to know some of the elders and their wives during this season of the podcast. So Jeffrey and Darcy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Luke. Jeffrey, it feels very strange to welcome you to the podcast that you host, but welcome. Well, you did a great job on that intro. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I came up with that all by myself. I really appreciate it. And uh, Darcy, Thanks. it's great to have you. Uh, welcome to, to the studio. Thank you. It's great to have Good you. Good to be so, here. Yeah, so as, uh, as Jeffrey, as you know, and folks who've been listening, they know we're uh, getting to know the elders and their wives. And so uh, begin, uh, let us uh, in on just your overall family. you got a great family. Uh, tell everybody about them. Well, thank you. Uh, we've been married for, Darcy and I have been married for 28 years. Um, it's still going strong. We think we're going to make it. Um, we have four kids, uh, three boys and a girl. Sean is 25 and married and out of the house uh, to lovely Marissa. Uh, Jacob is 23. Uh, Kira is 21. And Ryan is 19. Uh, and we have no pets. None. <laughs> So one married, and uh, the other three, are they home? Are they home sometimes? How does that work? Well, if I was the mission control at uh, Cape Canaveral, we have three uh, rockets on the launch pad, and we're okay. waiting for three to launch, but we do have two that are uh, moving to Chicago this year. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's wild. And yeah. It, depending on Ryan's internship, um, he might be in the state or might be somewhere else. Somewhere else, yeah. Yeah, so you've been married 28 years. Uh, take us all the way back before you got married. Uh, how did you first meet, Darcy? Uh, we met up at NAU in Flagstaff. I was at NAU, um, and I was halfway through when Jeffrey came up to NAU um, with a friend of his, and he Jeffrey knew my roommate, and so... When you say came up to NAU, like as a student, or as was student. he just visiting? Okay. As a student. And uh, he met, uh, I met him through my roommate. Okay. Yeah. And uh, love at first sight, more like, what the heck is up with this guy, somewhere in between? Oh, no. Well. I um, asked her, Jeffrey. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe for more for on his side, but not for me. Okay. I He was my roommate's friend, and yeah. I was just. Like there was that this guy over there, and he was funny and he was fun to hang out with. But it wasn't until we came back from Christmas break, and he started going to InterVarsity, okay. and we just got to talking and just really got along really well. And then a couple months in, I would say, is for me more so than after a week. He told my friend that we were going to get married. Um, it took me a couple more months. Okay. So yeah. it, was, it was quicker, though, for you, Jeffrey. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, just she made me laugh. She was super cute. I just saw an integrity there that I hadn't seen um, before. And, yeah, just, you know, Cupid through, you know, arrow through the heart. So <laughs> Now, you had had a little bit more life under your belt before college, right? Yeah. Uh, I had been in the Marines up to that point about Four years, uh, did a tour during Desert Storm. And so when Darcy and I met, I still had probably about a year left. And when she met me, I was uh, still had short hair and, and um, pretty motivated to get out of the Marine Corps because um, after Desert Storm, I felt like uh, we had won the Super Bowl. So it was time to be a civilian, grow my hair long. And um, so, yeah, so, yeah, I still had another year before we got before I left the Marine Corps and then we got married. So for those of us who currently know Jeffrey, if Darcy, if we, uh, if we were somehow time traveled back to Jeffrey, the Marine, would we, would it be like, Oh yeah, same guy. Or like, was there some, is there yeah. anything different about him in those days besides the short hair? Outside of the fact that you would recognize him right away. Cause he looks pretty much the same. Um, very different, 
very different in that just, um, I don't know, he played lacrosse. He was still in the Marines as a reserve. Um, was he a lot more intense? It, very intense. Okay. Yeah. Really? Everything about <laughs> Jeffrey was intense. But I think that's why I, I think that's why I'm, I mean, probably the opposite of intense. Uh-huh. And I think I liked uh, his energy and his laughter. And yeah. um, there's never a mystery about what he was thinking or feeling, and which was not something I was super familiar with. And so, yeah. yeah. Well, I would describe you, Jeffrey, in a way, even now, as intense. But I think when people think of intense, there's usually like an intimidating edge to it. Like, I don't think you have an intimidating edge, but there's just an intensity. Like, you live life with the volume up, you know? And the stuff you're into, you are into. And when you're excited about something, you can't really keep it to yourself. And there's, yeah, there's a there's an intensely joyful and vivacious presence, I think, with you. And uh, so that doesn't yes. surprise me to hear you say that, Darcy. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good description, yes. Yeah, so uh, maybe rewind there. I I don't know what your faith was like at the time you met, so maybe you could uh, get to that. But back up even before that, did you uh, grow up in a Christian home, in a Christian environment? What what was your uh, Christian testimony like? Yeah, um, did not grow up in a Christian home uh, initially. Um, My mom would take my brother and I to church occasionally, Um, and then when I was around eight or nine, um, my father started singing and whistle, whistling and just uh, overall joy had come overcome him. Hmm. And before that, he was, he was a great father and um, attentive and present, but um, he just wasn't happy. Um, and I think some of that had to do with work and maybe just life. And then all of a sudden, this really uh, dramatic change took place in front of our, our eyes, uh, in front of my eyes. And so I remember asking my mom, I said, Hey, what's, what's going on with dad? Something's different. He's whistling. He's <laughs> what whistling. Is, he's happy. And he's happy in the morning. Cause he was not happy in the morning. Typically um, not, he wasn't mean, but he just, he was kind of somber. Uh, and she said he accepted Jesus as Lord and savior. And I didn't quite know what that meant, but I was so happy for my dad and knowing, seeing that joy, I, mm. I wanted something similar. So mm. it was maybe a year. So your first real exposure to Jesus or Christianity was through this really positive life change in your dad. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. Um, it was. And, and so it was so impactful that probably a year later we were at a VBS uh, during the summer and one of the you know counselors said, Hey, do you want to, pray for Jesus to enter into your heart. I said, yes, I want the joy that my dad has. And so I think I had a sense that of who God was and God maybe as a savior. Um, but you know, if I think, look back, I think I, I love the idea. I had enough knowledge about the gospel, but I don't think I had fully gone all in, um, mainly around like lordship. You know, I think I like the idea of Jesus as my savior, but not really understanding the sin that I was being saved from. Mm. Yeah. So, um, did you, you know, from that VBS time, I mean, obviously you, you grew in your faith, eventually developed a sense of lordship. Did you ever have any significant veering aways? Um, no. I mean, if you think about the story of the prodigal sons, um, I'm the good older brother. I had a younger brother who, um, uh, explored other areas of life through junior high and high school. And so I think there was a level of self-righteousness. And I would say even at that time, I would have probably connected it to, oh, well, yeah, I'm a Christian. I kind of pray to prayer. I go to church. I go to youth group. Um, but it wasn't until college and during the Christmas break, um, you know, after I had met Darcy that um, I accepted Christ. Like I, I had a moment where he broke in. You're a sinner. You're, you're far from me. You know who I am, but you, you're not all in on me. And it was just an amazing moment where God met me, broke through. I repented. I said, Lord, I'm, I'm going all in on you. And um, I put my trust and faith in you and repent. So yeah. it was pretty amazing. And it was then that, that moment when I was thinking about going back to college, I'm like, okay, I need to probably start hanging out with believers because at this time I was hanging out with a lot of guys from the lacrosse team and probably not the best influence in my life at that time. Yeah. So that's Okay. How I, I called Darcy and her roommate said, hey, can I start hanging out with you guys? So, yeah. Okay. So, Darcy, what about you? What's your faith journey been? 
Well, I grew up in a Christian home. My father was uh, the director of the International Department for Campus Crusade for Christ. And so a not a missionary kid, but a missions kid. Yeah. And I went to a Christian school and I grew up in Awana. So if there's a bubble within a bubble of the Christian like community, that's where I resided. So for those who aren't familiar with the bubble, what what's Awana? That sounds like an odd word. Um, Awana stand is a Christian club where you go and you know you play games and you you hear a, Christ- a story and you memorize verses and you get awards for different completing different things and. So it's typically like a midweek fun program for kids yes. and that kind of thing. Yes. So you grew up in that. I grew up in learned that. the Bible I through that. Formed by that. Yeah. Um. There are verses to this day that I still know and are connected to and mm. are some of my favorites because of that. Um, I'll memorize all the verses, all the the order of the books of the Bible yeah. and went to Awana camp in the summer. And sure. um, so, yeah, it was, um, I absolutely loved it. Um, our kids were in it for a little bit. They didn't connect to it as much as I did, but that's okay. So with your dad, heading up international work for crusade did you did you travel internationally for mission stuff as a kid no um we my dad traveled quite a bit but we didn't um that would have been really expensive with there's four of us so so six total in the family um but we we grew up hearing a lot of missionary stories um my dad was always talking about somebody he talked to on a plane that asked jesus into their heart or some missionary that was in jail for their faith, just hearing a lot of those stories, um, whether from my dad or from people that would come to church and tell those stories. Yeah. Um, so grow up really praying that God didn't send you to some faraway jungle to <laughs> preach the gospel. Did you ever? <laughs> did you ever think ah, maybe I'll do missions? Like maybe the Lord might ah, that that might be something I'll do. Was that ever on your radar? Or um, all four of us. My three siblings and I have all been on some sort of missions trip. Um, I went when I was in college to Ireland, um, and all my siblings went other places different years. Um, I also was in China for um, my freshman year, uh, or my or the summer after my freshman year. So we've all had missionary experiences, and but I never felt like God was calling me to that permanently. Mm. I did really, really enjoy, but I also understood and was formed by not just that you're going and doing something for somebody else, but that was a strong way how God forms you as the person going. So I learned a lot and was very formed even by those experiences myself. Yeah. And did you ever have any veering aways or or were you able to kind of stay the path? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I... I believed, I, I really don't remember a time when I don't, didn't ever believe in Jesus, having been grown up in the church. And I remember, I have clear memories of actually loving and believing and um, having Jesus as my treasure early on. Mm. Um, of course, there came a time, especially in Awana, because there's always this, you know, you need to have this moment. So when I was 12, I'm like, well, I got to have a moment. <laughs> so I'm like, you raise your hand and you go, you know, pray the prayer. But that was, I was just 12 and going, I don't know that this has never been true of me, but yeah. let's, I guess, just make it real. It I seems guess. like everybody's know. doing this. So. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, but it was really college and then after that yeah. I think I really started to grow and put um, feet to my faith, especially when I was in those environments when I was overseas in sort of a missionary capacity where you're really having to trust that um, the things that he's asking you to do, whether it's go door to door or just doing a walking prayer thing or construction or just doing things with people that aren't, isn't super comfortable. Sure. I like things that are comfortable. (laughs) That's kind of my go-to. So taking me out of those things really makes you, um, decide where you're going to put your trust. Yeah. And so, um, no, there has never been really a big veer off. I'm pretty steady um, person. Yeah. 
thinks things through ahead of time, slow mover kind of a, a thing. So, yeah. yeah. Praise God. So let's shift a little bit into work. Uh, so Jeffrey, tell us a little bit about what you do for work and, uh, and what would be some misconceptions people, like when people hear what you do for work, what do they think of that might go, ah, eh, that's probably not exactly right. Yeah, this September, October will be almost two decades in digital marketing. Um, and the way that I describe digital marketing for most people, um, you go to Google, you type in keywords, you try to find information or a product or service, and a list of websites will show up on Google. Um, some of those are ads, some of those are just uh, websites, and then you click on them. Our goal is to help our clients to be found on that experience of search. And so um, over the two decades, I've done stuff around um, sales and business development and strategy, content strategy, search engine optimization. And uh, for the past six years, I've been doing client services, um, account management. So I work with the client and try to understand their business and their goals and, and then try to translate that back to um, the team who's actually doing the work. Um, I would say the misconception probably around the work is that um, there's this kind of um, mystery um, around Google and how it works and that most people kind of that do this um, have that have that inside knowledge and um, most most of, of us don't um, there's a lot of people who speculate on on how Google's algorithm kind of works um, yeah so I think that's probably it oh in the other uh, probably the earlier misconception is because I work with computers somewhat that I would know how to fix computers. <laughs> yeah. So that's the, think other. you're like the IT guy. I am not. Yeah. So <laughs> I quickly shed that pretty quickly with the family. Um, but that, that was the other misconception. Yeah. Yeah. My impression on a lot of that SEO and, uh, digital marketing stuff is there's some real basic fundamentals to it that you just have to keep doing over and over and over and invest pretty significantly in. Yeah. And if a company will do that, it will pay off if they won't, if they want a shortcut, I think that's probably, you have a lot of folks that want some kind of shortcut. Oh yeah. They all think there's a, a shortcut and most of the times there's not. Um, I think the thing that got me excited about it was there's this interesting marriage of psychology, behavior, and technology. So when somebody goes to a search engine, they type in a keyword and that keyword in their mind uh, equates to some type of product or service or information. Uh, and then Google tries to discern what that word means and then tries to match that to a website. And so right. you have words like tennis shoe or athletic footwear or sneakers, you know, those could mean the same product or they could mean three different products. Mm, and so yeah, sure. for, for a brand who's trying to sell something within the sneaker space, um, there's a there's a, a level of, of keywords and content that uh, would really align to um, the audience that's looking for sneakers compared to someone's looking for athletic footwear to go hiking. So mm. I think that, that understanding psychology and words, I think, uh, along with the technology has been kind of what's kept me excited about the industry. Yeah. Wow. And Darcy, for you, what do you do work-wise? What are your responsibilities? Um, yeah, what are you up to? Um, I do a lot of things and for nothing that I get paid. <laughs> yeah, great. So um, mostly... So you're a professional volunteer. I'm a professional volunteer. That's right. I volunteer at home with the kids. And <laughs> um, I do some lay counseling here at the church, although I like more to probably call it parent coaching because okay. that's usually what I'm doing. Um, and then some other stuff in the community, um, but a lot of different things yeah. that I do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would think the advantage of that is um, it's maybe a little less pressure, but and you just get to do a lot of different areas that are fun. Yeah. And it's very flexible. So it's more like the, the kids need more time or then it's not that's not hard to kind of rearrange things. So yeah. It's been nice. So how do you, as a professional volunteer, I imagine you have plenty of people who think of you to go like, oh, we can ask Darcy to do this or this. How do you decide whether to say yes or no? Um, that's probably the one thing I don't have a problem doing is saying no. Okay. Um, so your just default answer is no. Yeah. And then you might generally, I mean, shift Jeff, to Jeff yes. is the opposite. So we are a good match in that. Um, that actually, honestly, as, I'm, as we say that, that would help a lot of people to just go, hey, just make your default answer no. And then if it, it 
really clicks, say yes. Yeah, I'm usually just let me think about that for a bit and see if that fits into my schedule and what I'm looking to do and what I'm not looking to do. And what, what kinds of things would be more likely to get a yes from Darcy Wilcoxon? If it involves any kind of training in trauma-informed care as a passion of mine, and so any kind of anything along those lines, uh, any of the counseling or any of the training opportunities, it's more likely to get a yes because that is a, it is a passion that I um, that I enjoy doing. It really is. It doesn't take a lot of energy. Um, usually gives me energy as opposed to taking it away. Okay. So, yeah. So someone listening might go, "Wait, what? Trauma-informed." care that feels like it's sort of out of left field how how did this uh woman who grew up in such an amazing home like how did you develop a heart for that so tell us a little bit about how that emerged for you guys yeah so one of our kids um our son jacob who if people have listened to any of the other podcasts have probably heard jacob um or been to any kind of the parenting stuff that he and i have done together um he struggles with um, depression and anxiety and it kind of all came to um, its peak when he was junior in high school and um, had a couple attempts of suicide. And so we, of course, that's very traumatizing for the whole family. And so we had to kind of back up and as parents say, what can we do to be helpful? Because obviously what we're doing is not helpful. And um, so that became... Um, just talking to people, reading books, attending different trainings. And I just found that I just dove all in and just learned a ton. And we were seeing results in our relationships with not just Jacob, but the other kids. And even, I think, Jeff and I together. And so leaning into that. And so I think that was more of the where that passion started is because we saw results from that mm. and wanted other people to see that there's not just one way yeah. um, to parent. There's a more connected um, way of being engaged with your family mm. that could be helpful. So but, I know you could talk for, I mean, we could do hours and hours. Sure. Like which you literally have. do hours yeah, of, of training on this stuff. <laughs> um, what would be the top couple things that shifted for you? Like, I, but before I had experienced some of this trauma-informed training and skill development, I I would have done this. Now I would do that. It, it, top couple things that come to mind for you? I think one of the big ones was I had a hard time engaging when the kids would be, um, it doesn't matter what age, really, when they would be really emotional for any reason. I had a really hard time engaging and so it was why don't you go calm down in another room and then come back when you're ready and that completely shifted to the exact opposite now mm. I had to do a lot of work on my end to be able to engage with that but it was moving in closer and staying with them in it we call that co-regulating so that they they aren't being sent away and okay. you're not worthy of my time, attention, love, connectedness. It was more pulling them in, saying, I'm in it with you. Okay. Was probably one of the biggest. Oh, wow. Yeah. Jeffrey, would there be any shifts you feel like you've made uh, through this journey that you and Darcy have been on? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think the trying to connect with the kids at a, at a deeper level, being more curious, um, asking more questions, um, holding off on any type of um, uh, probably criticism or even advice and really trying to let them uh, share. Because um, I think especially when we were younger parents, uh, we would just move right to correction and um, hopefully restoration. And But we, there were a lot of it was just also um, – not giving them space to talk. Even even for myself, I think that was one of the biggest blind spots. And thankfully, Darcy and my oldest son helped me to, to see. Um, a lot of times I would just interrupt them when they were going down the wrong path instead of letting them kind of share their heart and share kind of what they're thinking. And so that was an area that I um, really was missing the mark in, in terms of like just 
just shut up. Let him talk. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting as you guys talk about that because I think about even for me as a dad, like I, I don't think I'm domineering in like the everything has to be my way. But I think there's times where I can be sort of emotionally domineering in a way. Uh, if, if, and what I mean by that is to say whatever feels normal at the emotional level is what we're going to do right now. And it's like, well, that is not necessarily fair. Like, yeah. uh, like that's just me having, well, I have power. I'm the dad. So I can say, well, that's what we're going to do. But yeah, to be a little bit more open on that. And what I love about your family, I mean, it, it's something that Molly and I really desire to have, you know, in the days to come, God willing, is your family all seems to really enjoy being together. Like you guys have fun together. The kids are friends with each other. Yes. Um, I mean, that's one of our goals of parenting is that our kids want to be with us and with each other when they don't have to be. And uh, you seem to have that. Yeah. And it was hard won in some instances. Yeah. That's, um, there were times when we were pretty sure that one of them would be out and never come back or that as soon as two of them moved away, they would never talk to each other. And that it's been hard won bringing them together and having them sit down and actually share how they're feeling. And then the other one not realizing that's how they were feeling and sharing what they're feeling, you know, kind of that back and forth and still wondering if that was going to do any, do any good. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Lord has been very gracious in that. And um, they have really started to enjoy, I think also as being adults and they have their own kind of things going on now, they're not all shoved in the same age bracket you know, they're not all in youth group together doing all the same things and all those kinds of things. They, they kind sure. of have their own jobs and passions. And so that, I think that helps. Yeah. Well, you guys really do have a lot of fun. And so t- tell us about what do you like to do as a family? And then what do you like to do individually? Kind of your own personal hobbies, interests, passions. Uh, Jeffrey? Um, yeah. Um, movies and music seem to, and food, I, I would, um, maybe the a fourth one would be traveling, but, uh, we love going to the movies together. We love talking about movies, um, music, um, music is, uh, on, in the house playing quite regularly. Um, one part that Darcy doesn't really participate in cause she's not that big of a fan, but, um, the kids and I will go to a lot of concerts. Okay. So that's a lot of fun. Um, Darcy's like, why do I need to go, go to a concert? I, I can listen to it right here on Spotify and it sounds amazing. Yes, that's true. I did. I did, uh, take her to a few concerts and I think that she probably kind of enjoyed them, but, um, she, she's <laughs> not going to, yeah, she got her fill. Um, uh, Darcy, who would you go? I would think about going to that concert. Oh gosh. I mean, I, I've seen you too. I feel like that's enough. I mean, okay, I you've like, been to the mountaintop. I've, I've been to the U2 concert. I mean, <laughs> would you but, go like, I'd like to see him again, maybe? I don't know. Is there anyone that would tempt you to leave the house and go out for six hours to a no, concert? No, <laughs> because I would rather listen to them, okay. the studio version on, um, yeah. on my headphones. Okay. Like, that's just like the okay. best way to listen to it. The, the I don't have to stand next to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> The other one is definitely food. Um, a couple of our kids have worked at in the food and hospitality uh, industry. Or actually, all four of them have. As various. did you. This is correct. Yes. yes. Yeah. You're a former chef. Yep. I went to Scottsdale Culinary Institute and uh, graduate there and uh, cooked for a few years um, and loved it, but was doing 60, 70 hours a week, every night, every weekend, every holiday. And uh, Darcy at that time, we didn't have any kids. She's like, I think we need to have, we want to start a family. Um, but from my understanding through biology, you need to spend more time together. So <laughs> I think it was time for me to make a shift in my career. Yeah. But, um, I think from that, I definitely did a lot of cooking around the home and I think just getting the kids involved. And so they all really love to cook. Yeah. And so that's been fun watching their uh, culinary kind of uh, exploration take place. Sure. Sometimes it results in a, in a, a messy kitchen. And so we, we try yeah. to. That's part of the game. That's part of the game. Yeah. yeah. So Darcy, you, I mean, concerts aren't your thing, but what are some of your things? What are some of your hobbies? Um, our family does love camping and that's one of my f- absolute favorite. I love being out in nature. So anytime we can get away and whether it's, um, out to the Arboretum on Nature Walk or actually going up into Payson or 
farther and going camping. I really, really like that. Hmm. Yeah, great. And you you do some crafts and things like that as well, oh, right? Oh, yeah. I, mean, I, I feel like every time I'm over, I see cool things you've made. <laughs> over the years, I've put my hand to a lot of things. I do like to crochet. I haven't done it in a while. I do like anything with wood, crafts, um, starting from kind of a scratch, um, doing that. I do love that. I haven't done it in a while. Um, I've just, in, in a sense, that... Jeffrey's always wanting to do something new and I'm a little bit similar in the kind of that craft world is once I've done it a lot or mm -hmm. some, then I need to find a new project or a new skill to learn. So, yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned you do parent coaching. People come to you for parenting advice. You've also been married 20 years. People come to you for marriage advice and being in leadership of the church that happens a lot. What would you say, what do you guys think is your most commonly given marriage advice? Like what, what, what do you probably tell people more than anything else whenever they ask? Uh, there's, yeah, there's a few areas I, th I think about. I mean, communication is the biggest one. Um, we, we had to figure out a different, how we both communicate. Um, early, I would say the first 10 years, uh, if there was any kind of disagreement, I wanted to talk about it right now, try to get it figured out and move on. Uh, where Darcy likes to uh, slowly process and think through it, and she wants to get her words right, and she wants to understand her emotions. And so I had to humble myself and try to say, okay, what's going to best serve her and best serve us instead of me saying I'm going to, we got to resolve this now, give her space and time. Uh, so I think communication has been a, a big deal. I still think we're working on our communication, trying to figure it out. I think the last couple of years, I think that with the TBRI training and, and others, other things, um, communication has been a big deal. Um, we have always, um, and I, th I think this probably just came from the church or probably friends. We've made our marriage and date night and spending time together a priority above the kids. And so, um, when we go out on date nights, even when they were younger, the kids were like, it was like a little celebration, like, Hey, mom and dad are going off and they're going to, they're going to. And so they never saw it as a way time away from them. They saw it as an investment in our, our relationship. And so I think making that a priority is, is huge. Um, and, probably, yeah. and then definitely the third is following Christ. Mm. Yeah. Would you add anything Darcy? No, I mean, that's, those were the two that I immediately thought of was communication and date nights. That was uh, our relationship over the kids is huge. Yeah. So what would you say? I mean, one of the things that the Lord does to grow you if you're married is use your spouse and use your marriage. How has your marriage made you more like Jesus? Um, for me, I think just his, um, his openness and the, he brought that commitment to communication that I don't think I had seen. And so I think bringing that in and helping me even begin to process, um, I think also helped with my relationship with the Lord, being able to communicate hmm. more honestly and taking that part of it more seriously as opposed to just, okay, here's my request and thank yeah. you for this day, you know, kind of a sure. thing. Um, so I think that has been huge for me. Yeah. Jeffrey. Yeah. Um, I would say probably I saw early on Darcy, um, made, um, spending time with the Lord and, uh, Bible reading and devotions kind of a priority. And so in terms of getting to know, Christ at a much deeper level. I think that I saw that in her, but I also saw that she just has um, just, uh, she already mentioned steadiness, but just um, being just being grounded in her trust in the Lord. Um, and so that allowed me to see, okay, what does it look like for me to trust the Lord through the ups and downs and, and just um, things in life. Um, so feeling kind of trying to tap into um what does it mean to trust the Lord every day um, and to walk with him faithfully? And so seeing her model that, um, um, yeah. But I, I think, you know, she she also is just so supportive. And so in terms of um, how God supports us, how Jesus supports us through his spirit and um, 
comforting us. Um, I always feel like she's always there. Like I never feel like she's distant. And so when I think about how God is never distant and, and part of our goal is always be connected to him and, and draw near to him because he's there. Um, she, I've, I've felt that from, from her. So, yeah, that's awesome. That's great. So uh, a lot of why, you know, your idea for this episode and for this season was to try to get to know the elders um, what's an elder do, right? Like I can imagine a lot of people listening have some sense maybe of what I do as a full-time pastor and as a senior pastor. I, there's probably distortions there as well, but they probably have a better idea of what I do than of what you would do as an elder. So it's not a paid position. It's not a full-time role at all. Uh, what is it? What What do you do as an elder? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because when I've had conversations with people in the congregation um, and they ask about what do the elders do. I typically hear them describe things from their church background. And a lot of times it's either smaller churches or larger churches. You know, a big part of what I see is what is our mission? Our mission is to make disciples and our mission is to protect and love the church and to shepherd um, the congregation. And so my role is, uh, you know, how do I, best get to know the congregation. How can I love and pray for them? How can I care for them? How can I listen to them? And, um, but it's, it's interesting because growing up a little bit in the church and then also seeing my father, once he became saved, he became a deacon pretty quickly. And then a couple of years later, he was an elder. And so I kind of had a little bit of an idea, you know, it seemed like they talked a lot about, um, buildings and finance and um, yeah. different problems within the church. And uh, he would never share, you know, anything that was confidential, but, you know, there was definitely, especially the couple of churches that he was an elder at, you know, there was just some rough times. And so I think I had this idea of like, these are good godly men who are going to face um, difficulties and um be prepared and you got to talk about it and figure it out and, and lead and, and, and grow. So I remember when you asked me, you know, Hey, are you, I would like to consider joining the elder. I'm like, um, are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) You know, cause I had this idea in my mind. Um, and I think a lot of people, they can, they think of older gentlemen. So they, a lot of times they think of gray hair and smart and wise and uh, you're none of those things. And I am (laughs) none of those. Yes. Not wise, not old. Uh, (laughs) So, um, but well, yeah, and you bring up a point of like, there are building things and there are organizational things that we have to process and do, but, but that's not it, right? We're not just looking for the elder team to be just a board of directors, but Correct. to play that oversight role, but also to shepherd the flock. You do it in, a, I think, a pretty cool way, your ministry of the lobby, which is, uh, yeah. you know, Unofficial. most Sunday mornings you're <laughs> hanging out in the lobby, drinking coffee and just walking around and meeting people. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been interesting because um, I never know what God is going to bring my way on a Sunday morning. Um, I've uh, met with men who are bawling their eyes out and just going through crisis. I've talked to kids. I've talked to families. Uh, sometimes I sit there by myself, um, and so every every Sunday morning is a little bit different. But I absolutely love it. Um, you know, I've I've said this multiple times, even in this building and the last building. I feel like our lobby is one of the happiest places in the world. Mm. When I see people congregating before and after a, a service and there's laughter and that you see people praying with each other and people are just enjoying each other's the, and the relationship within the body, it's, it's pretty amazing. Mm. Pretty amazing. I love it. One of my favorite um, definitions of worship, this always sort of throws people off whenever I share it, but one of my favorite definitions of worship is that worship is a royal waste of time. That it's like you're just delighted to kind of waste time in the presence of God. And, mm. and of course, we'd go, well, it's not a waste. You know, any time in the presence of God is good. But it's this sense of I'm not in a hurry. I don't have somewhere else I'd rather be. I'm just delighted to waste time uh, with the Lord. And I, I think about your lobby ministry a little bit like that. <laughs> like I just think a lot of people, if you said, hey, what would you think about getting up on Sunday morning and sitting around at church? They'd be like, uh, that sounds like a waste of time. And some of it's just how you're wired, but you're like, that sounds like a royal waste of time. I'd love to do that. Like, that sounds really great. And I, I get to use my gifts and love people and meet people. And I think that's super cool. So, 
Darcy, what about you as an elder's wife? What what's, what do you do as an elder's wife? Is that a thing? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, um, just out, outside of just supporting him in, in that role. And if he needs to jet off at a moment's notice to go pray with somebody or he needs to have a conversation with somebody at church, then just allow, allowing him to do his thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jeffrey, as it relates to our team, I'm curious how you would, like, what's this particular contribution you feel like you give to our team, right? Like, you think about any team. There people have different roles that are official or unofficial. You know, I, I have a friend who says, you know, when you establish an elder team, you should have, you know, one person who's been to seminary. You should have, you know, one one lawyer or accountant, but not two. You know, you should have one person who knows what it's like to run a small business. You should, you know, there's this diversity of experiences and whatever because you get just different perspectives and contributions. So, yeah, what would you say, you know, not that you're the only one per se, but like what's your particular contribution to our team? What do you bring that that makes it all better? Yeah, that's a great question. One of the sayings we have around our home is know your know your role, play your position. And so <laughs> I think over the years, because I've been on the team now for what is it, twelve years? Yeah, something years? like that. Something I don't like know. That. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like the my role uh, has has shifted a a, a bit. Um, I I think I bring um, probably a lot of optimism and optimism more in in what God is going to do. Um, I like to try to swing big. Um, not, not always, but you know, I, I try to try to dream bigger. Um, I think I have a pretty good sense because of, of my unofficial, uh, ministry of the lobby, uh, coffee and conversations. I feel I have a pretty decent pulse on where the congregation's at. Not, not always. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's tough. Um, I, I, there's times when I feel really passionate about things that, that we discuss. And then there's other times I'm like, this is, this is not really in my wheelhouse, but I'm, I'm here to learn and listen and ask questions. I think I try to, I do try to ask good questions. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, I, th- I think also I'm, I'm just a, a huge fan of our team. Uh, and I love you obviously a ton. And so yeah, a big part of that is, uh, feeling, how do I support you and support your vision? Um, and I, I you're oh, also a people connector. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that popped in my brain. Yeah. I'm kind of the one like, Hey, we, we got to get together and do a fire pit together, or we need to spend more time together. Or I try to do lunch with the guys. And so, yeah, I try to be a little more of a connector and, I was really thrown by COVID and part of it was, and I don't think I, it wasn't original, but the, the thought of uh, the loss of proximity. And so I think the more I can try to encourage us to spend time together as a team, whether it be one-on-one or, you know, other just kind of uh, unofficial kind of events, um, I think has been valuable for us to, to grow as a team, to stay connected and, um, to, to, yeah, to stay strong. Yeah. I think one of the particular gifts you bring to our team is you stay focused on the main thing. You know, even a little bit ago, you were talking about our mission. Our mission is to make disciples. Yeah. And I don't know how many times in a meeting you've gone, guys, our mission is to make disciples. And so we should do blah, 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 blah. And, um, you know, you have, you have the ability to understand more complex things or more nuanced things. Um, but you really do help us stay focused on the main thing. And um, I, I really appreciate that a lot. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun serving together. So let's move into some rapid fire questions. Um, so just off the top of your head, what's the first stuff that comes to mind for you? And Darcy, you can start with this one. How do you like to Sabbath? Um, either just sitting reading or watching TV, or um, sometimes we'll go to Starbucks and read and get a coffee, um, just hang out. Although most of the time we say we're going to read and we don't, we just talk. But it's another date. Just another day. Hey, that's pretty yep. great. Are you, are you more likely to be reading fiction or nonfiction? Oh, I alternate. Uh, I read, I, I do like fiction, but I'm always reading something more that I'm learning. Okay. Um, yeah, so a little bit of both. Yeah, so a little bit of both. Okay. Jeffrey, what about you? How do you like the Sabbath? 
Yeah, because I'm in front of screens and talking to people throughout the week, uh, my Sabbath typically is trying to do something creative or something physical. I kind of have two speeds. I'm either asleep or I'm moving. And, <laughs> um, so true. And so trying to find a third speed of, of kind of just relaxing um, has been difficult, but something I've been trying to work on. But um yeah, some of it's maybe by myself and solace or just uh, enjoying some entertainment or just really spending time with Darcy. Yeah, great. All right, next question. What are the three most important apps on your phone? Oh, yes. So the text app, okay. uh, camera, and calendar. Okay. That, you, you hit that pretty quickly. Yes. Yeah, great. Jeffrey? Uh, texting, uh, maps, and Spotify. Okay. So, so do you do you listen to podcasts on Spotify or just music? I have um if for some reason the Spotify or the uh podcast app isn't working. Oh, uh, that's yeah, that's a pretty good point. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> well, no, it's but that, that's it's the thing is you word. could li- like that that's what I like I, I listen to my podcast app a lot. I realize I could do this in Spotify. It's just I've trained myself to do it elsewhere but yeah. yeah, it's funny. I mean, all those apps you're mentioning feel important. So, all right, next rapid fire. Uh, where do you like to vacation? With Darcy. <laughs> so wherever she is. Overseas. That's the best. We we love we Europe. We love Europe. Yeah. We love Europe. Yeah. Um, our last trip was to Italy. We're planning to um, do Ireland in the next uh, couple of years, but we've been very blessed and had opportunities to go to Europe a few times. And uh, we just, yeah, we love Europe and we love traveling together. Um, one thing that's really been fun is just um, in the morning, we'll go see whatever the big thing we want to go see. And mm-hmm. then in the afternoon, we've learned to find a cafe, sit and just people, people watch, watch and, and drink yeah. coffee. Yeah. It's great. Do you, do you like to just watch the people or do you like to comment to each other about the people you're watching? I would say mostly just watch. I mean, there is some commenting, but <laughs> I try out. not to comment because I know where my heart will go. <laughs> Get a little judgy. There you go. Okay. Uh, what makes you laugh more, physical or verbal comedy? Verbal, for sure. Okay. Yeah, verbal. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, I think of Seinfeld. There's such a beautiful mix of, of physical and verbal comedy. Um, but I think over the years, I think I've leaned more towards verbal comedy. Darcy, who for you would be like, as soon as they start talking, I'm laughing. Do you have people like that? Like like Will Ferrell is like that to me. Like he comes he comes on the TV oh, and I'm laughing. Jim I don't Gaffigan, really care what he says. Jim Gaffigan. I just think he's so funny. Yeah, yeah. he's funny. All right, uh, last one. Favorite book in the Bible? Oh, um, Joshua. Okay. Um, I tell us more. His the courage that it takes to do what he did. Um, I think if. We were to really put ourselves in his position to step out in faith and do. Um, I mean, there's obviously lots of stories of courageous things, but um, I think that's a lot of what Joshua is about. Mm. And um, it's just action packed. And so there's just a lot of action going on. And so I, I really, really like Joshua. Yeah. I mean, what would it be like to follow Moses? Right. Like, here's the guy that, you know, saw the burning bush and led through all the plagues and did all this stuff. Like, that would feel like just massive shoes to fill. And you can't even take him with you. Yeah. Like, you have to leave him behind. Right. And go off. So you can't even take him as an advisor. Right. (laughs) So just God as your advisor. Yeah. And, yeah, it takes a lot of courage. Yeah, that's great. Jeffrey, what about you? Favorite book? used to be Romans. I still love Romans, but over the last couple years, it's been Genesis. Um God's majesty in creation, um, his faithfulness to the patriarchs, even when they're just total knuckleheads, um, and just the and then the faithfulness of um, just how he works, um, the flood. I mean, uh, Genesis is just an amazing book, but the first couple of chapters and then just with the fall, but and then his faithfulness through the fall. Um, but yeah, there's. My imagination of of uh, Genesis one and two, like that, that will get spinning in my head, and it it's it's fantastic. Like mm. God's incredible and amazing. Yeah, oh, that's great. All right, so one last question, and this will be for you, Jeffrey. Um, 
we've seen God answer lots of prayers over the years. Uh, you guys were part of our original launch team. Um, I mean, God has done far abundantly beyond all we asked or thought for sure. Um, but as you look ahead as a leader, as an elder in the church, and you say like, man, I'd love God to answer this prayer. I'd love God to do this in our church and through our church. Um, yeah. What comes to mind? What, what, and obviously there's a million things. There's a lot of different important stuff, but you know, the Lord, I think about Jesus comes to the different people in the gospels and says, what do you want me to do for you? Imagine the Lord comes and says, Jeffrey, what do you want me to do for redemption gateway? Mm. First, I have to think about the brokenness that needs to be healed. But the thing that, the thing that probably grips my heart the most are broken marriages and relationships. So when I think about um, just the marriages within our church and the pain that that people have suffered um, through just the broken relationships and divorce and infidelity and just, um, you know, I, I've been so blessed being married to Darcy and just the how God has worked in our marriage. And so when I see marriages just being ripped apart by sin and selfishness, so my prayer would be that marriage would, um, there would be so many more flourishing of marriages within our, our congregation because I think the ripple effect of a beautiful, thriving, happy, joyous marriage, and that they're not going to be perfect, but the ripple effect of that is, is incredible, um, how that affects um, the kids that are being raised, how it affects the body that, that we are here at Gateway, um, the ripples into their community, into their work, to all facets of life. When the gospel uh, just transforms broken people into um, um, a mission of, of love and service and care uh, through the context of marriage. Mm. Um, I think that that would be my prayer is that marriages would just thrive at yeah. our church. Wow, man. Thanks for your heart in that. I, uh, yeah, I feel that from you. Let me, uh, so guys, thank you. Let, let me, let me just pray for that. Uh, since, uh, you brought it up, Lord, um, we know you do have a heart for marriage. Um, Lord, you thought of that in the first place. Uh, we know that history is going to culminate in the marriage between, uh, the son and his bride, the church. God, we uh, thank you for how good marriages and strong marriages and selfless marriages point to you. Um, and God, we're brokenhearted over how um, selfishness in marriage and adultery um, really is more a picture of sin and rebellion. And so, God, we pray for our, the marriages um, in our church, in our leadership. God, we pray that uh, we would really love one another and that our love for one another would uh, be a light to each other, to our kids, to our grandkids, and to the world around us. Would you provide healing, and would you provide repentance, and would you provide forgiveness and grace so that our marriages would honor you? Uh, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, Darcy, Jeffrey, uh, this has been a delight. Thanks for uh, inviting me to flip the mic and uh, get to ask you all some questions. And, uh, man, really appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Love you. All right. Well, that's it for today's episode of the For Jesus podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.